Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Royalty House International, Peter Maddoxburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Father, thanks a million for this blessed opportunity in your presence. Speak to us by your word. Speak to us by your spirit. Minister to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Let your word come in power. Let it come in clarity. Let somebody's life be transformed. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Wow, let's appreciate Spume for a powerful song demonstration. All right, let me start with this very important announcement. Next Sunday is our Salvation Sunday. Okay. Um, um, what are we doing on Salvation Sunday? It's a special Sunday that we are celebrating our salvation. Amen. So what we are doing is that we are all bringing somebody to also be saved. Let the church say amen. Amen. Do you get it? We're also, so everybody in the church, what do I expect from you? I expect that on Sunday when you are coming, you come with somebody total, somebody who, I mean, somebody. All right? Somebody, you come to church with somebody and we want to give the person an opportunity to be saved. Our target is that 100 people will be saved on Sunday. Amen. We are just saying thank you to God. For saving us. I mean, if you knew me before that I'm here pastoring you, you would know that God has done a great job. Amen. 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 If you listen to one of the testimonies, like the guy didn't want to tell you the truth in the testimony. Because if he tells you the truth, or all the truth in the testimony, he can easily be arrested. (laughs) Do you get it? So we have to... I mean, to, because we have a policewoman also in the church. Do you see? So it's not like you are, you are giving a testimony in the middle, then she comes, then. No, it's, it's some way. But your story is also like that. Amen. And let's come and say thank you with a soul to be born again. Amen. Wonderful. I see that some of you are in Heritage Day mood already is also very powerful. Wonderful, wonderful. What happened on Heritage Day? Nobody died. <laughs> ah, okay. So it's not like the hectopetersin type that maybe some school children then one of them died then this is just celebrating the beauty of our diversity and unity. Oh, wow. Put it. Wow. Put your hands together for Nelson Mandela and Co. Oliver Tambo, um, Steve Biko, 
Desmond Tutu, Walter Susulu, um, Governing Becky, and all those people. Okay. Don't forget. Okay, let's preach. Let's preach. Let's preach. You, you, are, you are spoiling the service. Let's preach. Wonderful. Our key scripture for this discussion is Psalm 23, verse 1. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. God is bringing us to a place where we can confidently say, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. And I shared with you four very important principles that must constantly be on our minds and in our hearts. For us to be able to come into a position where we can say, I shall not want. Number one, we said that, know that God is an expect provider. Amen. What you know God as is what God will give you. So if you know and you believe that he's a provider, he will provide for you. Amen. Number two, we said that what? Notice what God has provided for you. It's important to see what God has provided for you. It's also important to see what God has not provided for you. So that you stop chasing what is not yours. Amen. Number three. Understand God's way or God's system of provision. How God provides. Okay. Understand it. So that sometimes you, so that, so that even you don't interfere when God is providing for you. Amen. Sometimes God is providing for you. Then you step in the way. Then you spoil what he's providing. By your own. By not. Sometimes you do it innocently. But if you understand the mechanism by which God provides. You won't get in God's way. Amen. Sometimes God is providing a husband for you. And as he's in the process. You go and chase somebody's husband. Then you spoil the whole. Or you go and get pregnant. Or sometimes you even go and get pregnant with the same person that God is um, providing for you. Then the pregnancy comes to spoil everything because you are now become a baby mama and all its complications. Say amen. Yeah, sometimes God is providing a husband for you. Then you go and sleep with the guy. Meanwhile, the thing that is attracting the guy to you is is your mystery. Then you uncover your mystery. Then it's like, oh, is that all? I thought it was two. No, no, it's one. Then it's bought everything. Oh. If I can get it for free, why should I pay Lobola for it? Then you spoil everything. Let's go on. Let's go on. Number four. Develop what God has provided for you. This point is very important because Usually, when we ask God for something, he doesn't give us the final product. You need to learn to develop what God has given to you. Amen. Amen. Now, you say, oh, but God, why? Sometimes when you, have not, you, are, you are not involved in the process, of, something like money, when you have not been involved in how it is made, you don't even know how to keep it. In Genesis 25, the Bible says, and Isaac was very rich. Verse 5 or verse 6, the Bible says, And Abraham gave all that he had to his son Isaac. So Isaac became very rich. 
Remember, Abraham was rich. Then Isaac became very rich. But by Genesis 26, Isaac was very poor. Bible says, and there was a famine in the land besides the famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech and unto Gerah, or Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and unto Gerah. Isaac had become poor. The guy was rich just in the page before. By the next page, he was poor because he didn't know how to handle money. Do, do, do you understand? Uh-huh. So, learn to today. So, I started sharing with you 20 ways that God provides for us. We've talked about a lot of things. Number one is what? Quickly in the speed of light. Through the trees. Through the animals. No, 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 no. I said fast, but now your fast is faster than me. Three is what? God can provide for you through the church. Four is what? Seeds. Five is what? Miracles. Six is what? Parents. That's how God provided for Isaac. God can provide for you through your parents. Seven is what? Relationships. Through associations and relationships. Eight is what? Okay. Number eight. God can provide for you through traveling. Genesis 12 verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, get thee out of your kindred, out of your country, into a land that I will show you. And I will bless you and I will make you great. And these shall all the nations of the earth. Be blessed. The Bible says, and Abraham did as the Lord has commanded him. And Lot also went with him. That's it. That's how Abraham became blessed. God asked him to travel. And he obeyed. He traveled. And then God blessed him. By, by the time Genesis 12 was over, Abraham was very rich. All he had to do was to travel. I told you the other time. He traveled into Egypt. He met a guy called Pharaoh. Pharaoh was interested in, in, in Sarah. Pharaoh asked Abraham, who is Sarah? And Abraham said, oh, this is sister Sarah. And Pharaoh took it that he meant that it's his sister. And Pharaoh started to pay Lobola to him. Then later, Pharaoh found out that no, it is his wife. Then Pharaoh was angry. Then Pharaoh sacked Abraham. But when he sacked Abraham, everything he had given to Abraham, he forgot to take it from Abraham. And Abraham walked into... He was complaining, but you didn't tell me. He said, look, you are in a rush. I said, Sister Sarah, you didn't let me finish saying what I was saying. Then you took it. Yeah. The whole thing became a problem. Pharaoh said, just leave my country, go. But he stepped into Genesis 13 as a rich man. And all he had to do was to travel. Many of you don't have passports. Better make a passport. Our church is an international church. Amen. 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 Yes, I have a learners. You don't travel with learners. You don't travel with an ID. Make a passport. Amen. Spy, amen. Good. So make a passport. All right? Passport. You never know the opportunity that God will bring your way. And you see, the good thing is our church is in 54 countries in the world. So your world is bigger than Peter Marisbeck. Don't cocoon yourself in this place. Some of you may have to go for holidays in Mauritius, Singapore, Paris. All these places. Genesis, uh, 
Psalm 24 verse 1, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth and they that dwell in it. So, as for the earth, anywhere you want to go, you should be able to go. But the first thing to do is to make a passport. Number two, God can, God blesses you, God can bless you by staying in your place. And when we came to church, they said we should travel. Now they are saying that we should stay in the place also. Genesis 26, the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land besides the famine that was in the day of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I will show you, and I will bless you. God says, sojourn in this land, and I will bless you. The Bible says, and Isaac sojourned in that land. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 12, the Bible says, and Isaac sowed in that land. And he reaped that same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. As you continue reading, the Bible says, And Isaac became very great. And the Philistines envied him. You are going to become the envy of people. He says, stay here. Some of us are travelers who have come here. Some of you are also people who are here. God provides for both groups. Amen. But what made the difference? Bible said God blessed. He sowed in that land and God blessed. May God bless what you are doing. Amen. Wonderful. Number three. You would wonder why we are moving so fast. Because we are going to 20 and we are only at eight. <laughs> Number three. God can bless you through your job. God can bless you through your job. Through the work that you are doing. God can bless you. It's time to take your job seriously. It's time to take, you see, job refers to your occupation. Some of you are students, that's your occupation. When you feel a phone, you say, what occupies you? School. Occupation. Some of you are also looking for a job. All those of you say there is, there are no jobs. Until you look for a job, as though looking for a job is a job in itself, you can't say that there are no jobs. Should I say it again? I said, until you look for a job, as though looking for a job is a job in itself, you can't say there are no jobs. Because many of us, we say we are looking for a job, but you wake up in the morning, you send one CV, then you sleep. Then you give the CV 21 days to mature. So after 21 days, then you accept that you didn't have any response. Then you send another one. Then you go to you don't find a job like that. You don't find a job. Sometimes even finding a job, you may have to go and volunteer for somebody and work for somebody for free. It's a door. You put the, your, your foot in the door to get there. Let's read the Bible. Genesis 30. We're looking at a guy called Jacob. We're reading from how much time do we have? 25. The Bible says, and after Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my own country. And he said, give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, for thou knowest my service to thee. And Laban said unto him, if I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, tarry, for I know from experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. This is what we looked at last week in terms of relationship. Laban could tell that his blessing 
was because Jacob was with him. So the next verse, he asked Jacob a very important question. He says, appoint me thy wages that I may give it. Jacob was working for Laban. So after this discussion, Laban said to me, said to him, tell me how much I should pay you and I will give, I'll pay you that much. Many of us when we go for an interview and they ask us this question. This is where they decide not to give us the job. When they ask you this question, the first one, the common one, so that we sound humble. We say, oh, anything that you will give me, I will take it. Immediately, they lose respect for you. Because you yourself, you don't have respect for yourself. Hello? I said, they lose respect for you because you yourself, you don't have respect for yourself. Why do I, why, what do I mean? You have not valued yourself. You have not placed a value on yourself. And when you have not placed any value on yourself, it's sad to say, but it means you are valueless. But you have said so. But what should, so what do you think you should be paid? Oh, anything. Anything you give me. You are so desperately looking for a job that you say, anything you give me. Immediately, they realize you have not even assessed yourself. You are not even serious about what you are doing. Or, pride sets in. Please give me 250,000, which is an overestimation of what you are worth. Overestimation of what you are, because they have made a mistake to ask you that, what should we give you? But rather, if you look at the next verse, Jacob says to him, you know how I've saved you, and you know how I have kept your, how I've kept thy flock, for they were little when, before I came. But now they are increased unto a multitude. And the Lord has blessed thee by my coming. He started to explain why his weight should be high. Or his weight should be what it. Before he even said how much he should be paid. How many of you would like a job where your boss will come to you and say, I think how much do you want us to give you? Yeah. It's a good job. But he started to explain to Laban and said, listen, listen, before we even come to the money, you know how hard I work. That's the first thing you know. And you know that your flock were with me. I look after them. I've worked for you many years. And also that you had very little before I came. Now you have a lot. I have worked so hard for you that I'm profitable to you. Your business has increased. Now you have a multitude. Then he said, based on that, this is how much I think you should give me. You need to do an honest assessment of yourself. What are you? What job is on offer? If you are a doctor, how much do doctors earn? With your experience, how much should you earn? That's, that's it. You know, I've been, I've, I finished medical school in 2010. I have been practicing for the past seven years. It's like you are explaining your credentials. And at this point in my life, with my experience and my qualification, 
this is how much I should be paid. Clear assessment. The, if the person looks at you and becomes afraid that, hey, this girl, she seems to know what she's worth. I mean, if you're a policeman, I don't know how they rank your credentials. If it's by the number of people you have shot or arrested. <laughs> I don't know. Or cases you have solved. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But you get the message. You have to look at, value yourself and present it well. So he valued himself. Then he presented. Then he said to him, you know something? I don't think you should give me anything. I'd rather coming up with a payment plan. Then he said to Laban, time is not on our side. He said to Laban that, listen, this is what is going to happen. When you go home and read Genesis 30, it's very interesting. Even if you start from 25 to the end, it only has 43 verses. It's not a lot. He said to Laban, you know something? I will pass through the flock today. And when I pass through the flock, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to separate the spotted sheep, the spotted cattle, the speckled ones, and then the rain-stricken ones and the brown ones. In those times, Generally, when people have flock or cattle or anything, few of them, just a few of them are spotted. Just a few of them are speckled. Just a few of them are rain-stricken. Just a few of them are brown. You didn't have them like that, so many. So when he said it to Laban, he said to Laban, I'm going to separate them. And all the brown ones and the speckled will be for me. And all the plain ones will be yours. When Laban looked at the whole thing, it looked very beautiful. So, oh, wow. He's just going to have something small. And I'm going to have everything. So he agreed to the terms. And then Jacob continued to work. By the time Jacob, the, the Bible finishes that chapter, verse 43, the Bible says, Jacob, he was very rich. If you read the in-between, Bible says he put a stick there. He put stripes on the stick. And any time the animals were mating and going to conceive, he would put the stick in front of them. And he chose the strong ones. The strong animals you mate here. The weak ones you go and mate by the water. I don't know that if that's how you get male children or female children. I don't know if it's true, but I don't think so. But by the time he finished, all the strong cattle were speckled, spotted, brown, ring stricken, had rings. To the point that he had become even richer than labor. You can work for somebody and become richer than the person. You don't have to steal. Many of us, when we work for people, we steal from them. You just have to work well. Some of the jobs you do, you have to work well and then your boss is blessed and then you also be blessed. Yeah. If your goal is that, some of the, if you do it with the mind, I want my boss to be blessed, you will see you become blessed in the process. Some too, if you do it with the mind, I, I, no, I'm going to cheat you, you see at the end, the whole business will collapse and you are out of job. One of the things you should know is that as for your boss, he has been able to create the job. He can create another one. But you were not able to create one. You will not also be able to create one. 
take some kind of people to create things. Not everybody is able to create things. Even if you steal it, you see you destroy it at the end. And you are, I know people who have stolen people's businesses and have been destroyed. And the people have created more businesses and are rich. Yeah, so I see what pastor is saying. I'm going to cheat my boss. My boss is not going to be able to say something. But next week, I'll be owning all the business. And he'll be walking on the street. No problem. In about two years, you will see you are back on the street. Because it takes something. But let me come to your jobs. Sometimes people are working, they don't take what they are doing seriously. They don't take their way. You go to it, you are just on WhatsApp the whole time you are at work. Sometimes even people have a business. They won't sit at the shop to run the business. You won't sit there to do the work. So, uh, James, take care of this. Jones, take care of this. Jonas, take care of that. And then you are working in town. When the people come and do their job, instead of writing what was done, I said, instead of writing what was done, I mean, let's, let's take a saloon because that's common in our church. The person comes to, which one is the expensive hairstyles? Which one are the expensive ones? Bonding? Twist. The person comes to do twist. Then the person who's doing the shop for you whilst you are working in town will write, he came to do washing. Washing is the cheap one. Eh? He came to do washing. Then they write 40 rands. Well, they've collected 650 rands from the person. When you come, the creams are finished, the shampoo is finished, everything. You are wondering, what did you use? Oh, it was the washing. This girl came, she hasn't washed her hair for seven years. Very hard. We have to put a lot of it inside. Hey! He was a Rastafarian, now he's changing. You won't sit there and do the work. You are moving in town. At the end, you see the thing doesn't profit you much. You say, oh, saloon business doesn't work at all. Want to close it? As soon as you want to close it, the same person who's telling you that it doesn't say, no, no, no. Don't close it. Oh no, very soon it will work. Why do you think that they don't want to close it down? It's working for them, it's not working for you. If you will sit down at the shop, it will start to work for you. Sometimes, even you have overly employed people. If you were to come and sit there, you will sack half of the people. Me, I was looking at a certain business recently. I just said, to, if it's me, I'll sack all the people and leave only one person. Only one person. But of course, since it's not for me, I can only say, I'll sack all the mother and then leave it there. Even I had another, I said, if it's me, I'll sell the business. Even if they shout, no, I'll sell it. Then we all start from zero. Because it is working for them. But it's not working for you. You won't sit down at the work. Recently, I went to somebody's office. The owner of the job, they don't know where he is. He's walking in town. So I was saying to him, hey, so all these people who are coming to the shop at this time, does he know? Because the shop was full. Anytime I meet the owner, the owner said, oh, people don't come. You see, it's slow. I said, slow? 
slow. I said to myself, because I know how to mind my own business. If you know me carefully, I talk a lot, but I know how to mind my own business. I was saying to myself, slow. Really? It's only slow when you are there. But when you are not there, and most of the time you are not there. There's nowhere to park your car. Traffic. Where do you think the traffic is going? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes also you won't sit down yourself to work hard at the look, Jacob, he worked hard. If you go and read what I've, the homework I've given you, he worked hard to make sure that he became rich. Sometimes you won't sit and work hard and even I mean, let's say, let, back to these businesses because those are the businesses which are common to us. Sometimes some of the things you are doing, they are a waste of money. Look, my wife used to work in a salon. At the salon, some places, they, some of the customers, they tell them, bring your own cream, your own stuff. Because when the customer comes, when you put, oh, put more of this, put more of this, put more. Meanwhile, the charge is the same. The owner says, no, 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 no. What do you use? Dark and lovely. When you are coming, bring your dark and lovely. Ask for that. We can put all of it in your hair today. It's not a problem. It's your money. That's all. Yeah. yeah. The owner agreed with the client that, listen, no problem. So, bring your own medicine. What do you call? Tools. Creams. Yeah, bring your own relaxer. And we will charge you for labor. Water, electricity. This is it. Because you have, you won't take care of your hair every day. Your hair it has to be cooked, fried, dyed before it comes out straight. And even that when they, they have to iron it, and you are always complacent. Bring your own cream. But if you are not sitting at the shop, as for the girl working, at, I mean, I don't know if you have gone to municipality and they just say, oh, we are offline. They don't care because at the end of the month they will be paid. But if you were to go, you meet. You go into a place, you meet the private owner. You see that they are different. Because they know that without you, they can't pay their bills. Look, one day I went to Telcom. They had promised to come and fix a line for me. For weeks, about six weeks, they were not coming. When I went, I met a lady, the consultant. She told me, you are lucky. I look at her in utter shock. I was so amazed. She, was, she told me that you are very lucky that only six weeks. And I was wondering if it was Vodacom or MTN, they would connect me that same day. That same day. Look, whatever work you are doing, take it seriously. Maybe that's where your blessing is. Take it seriously and work it. Next one. God can bless you. Okay, 10 minutes for this, 5 minutes for that. God can bless you through your talent. Through your talent. What is a talent? Your natural giving or your God-given ability, natural ability. Something you do naturally. You don't have to even stress to do it. You don't even have to train to do it. You just have it talent for it. It just comes. The common one I can use is singing. Even today, I don't want to talk about singing much. It's just that the scriptures we are going to use are about singing. But God-given ability. 
For some of you, even the way you look, not necessarily beauty, but you are very presentable. When you come, you are very a presentable person. When people see you, they just start to smile. It's a God-given ability. Because it's not everybody that when people see them. Because you, when you see your landlord at the end of the month, you don't smile. Proverbs 18, 16, the Bible says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before kings. A gift is a talent. The word talent is from, is from the word talentum, which is a gift. Something you have a natural ability. I mean, if you see John Claude with his muscles, no matter how hard I try, I can't get these muscles. I only have these muscles in my mind. I don't know how to translate it to my body. Do, 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 do you understand? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. You see, it's inside. It's in my mind. But how to bring it outside? I, I don't know how to do it. When I see them with them, I say, wow. Oh God, when? I can't get it. I can't. Unless I have to do it to save my life. Other than that, never. You have the six pack inside. It just can't come out. Yeah, you are just like me. Uh, you are wearing a bulletproof vest over it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that nobody steals it. You, you have to keep it inside. I mean, clothes on. Somebody can steal it anytime, but ours is inside, it's like it's covered. Yeah. Listen, I hear he gyms about six hours a day. Look, to gym 30 minutes a day, Christ, a problem for me. To even go to the gym, it's a problem. That's what I mean by a natural or a God-given ability. Yeah. God-given ability. Bible says that thing, the reason why God has given it to you because that's what will bring you before great men to make a room for you. But many of us, our natural abilities, we take it for granted. We are rather trying to do what we don't know how to do naturally. Yeah. Look, one day I, I watched a documentary of ping pong, you know, ping pong, table tennis. And they were interviewing a Chinese coach. And he was, they were saying that, I think the Chinese, they are not good with, I think, the backhand. Yeah, with the backhand. You know, when you play this way, it's your forearm. When you play this way, like I play tennis at times, my best shot is my forearm. I can swing my arm this way and the ball will go that way. Yeah. I mean, you jump like it's going there, then the ball will do like this. It has swept you. <laughs> I can swing my arm too hard and play the ball just soft. It will come like that. That's, but if you put it this way and I have to hit with my forearm, there's nothing much I can do. I can only just return it. That's it. So they interviewed the coach and the coach said, so they asked him, what do you do about this? They said, oh, no, no, no. We don't waste our time on it. <laughs> he said, so how do you train? He said, oh, no, no, no. We don't waste our time on it. 
We tell all our players, always make sure that the ball, if you're a right-handed person, the ball lands on your right. Always. So, as the person is going to play the ball this way, you go across the ball so that the ball is still here. And you hit it. Instead of just hitting it. Although it looks easier to just do this and hit the ball. They tell, no, always. As soon as he's going to hit you, watch where he's going to. If he's going that way, you go across. Then the ball comes, to, it's still on your right. Then you hit it. And when you are hitting the ball, you put your opponent under pressure. So it's difficult for them to decide where they want to put the ball. But when they put you under pressure, then you make errors. Many of us are focusing on things that are not our strengths. Instead of focusing on things that are our natural ability. Natural. Natural abilities. Meanwhile, that's what is going to bring you before kings. Some of you have a natural ability to help people. Instead of trying to be the leader, try and be the help. You become great. Yeah, you have a natural ability. Look, and I mean, let's say if you take a wife, there's no need for a wife if there's no husband. Most of the ladies you see in church, they don't cook because they are alone. There's nobody to cook for. They buy and they eat. When they get a husband, then they start to cook. You say, wow, wow, that's it. That's your natural ability. Just do it. Bible talks about David. It starts by talking about Saul. I think first, first Samuel 16. It talks about Saul. The Bible says, and the, and, and the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, verse 14. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And, and Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, an evil spirit from the Lord tormented thee. So his servant acknowledged that he has a problem. Then he said, command your servant to look for a man with a cunning ability, with a skill to play, so that when that evil spirit comes upon you, he can play, so that it will leave you. So his servant advised him that, look, now you are going mental. So let's get somebody who can play nice music, so that it can calm you down. Because small no, you have climbed onto the wardrobe. But you are a king. It's not nice. It's like people, you are having a party that you have climbed the tree. You have a problem. So let's get somebody. And guess who they look for? Somebody with an ability. The servant told so. I have seen the son of Jesse. He can play nicely. Let me bring him to you. Sometimes you are playing keyboard in the church. You don't know who is seeing you. Take what you are doing serious. Small singing, you can sing. Come and sing, you won't come. Come for rehearsal, you won't come. Today is not the day for this. I, I have one more point I want to make. If I go into this, it will take our time. At the end, this is how this is how this guy David got to the king's palace. This is how he got to the king's palace. Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talent. You see that the Bible says when the man was going on, he gave unto his servants talents. He delivered unto them his talents. Everyone according to their abilities. It is the talents and how they developed it that made them great. The one who had five, he traded with it. He got five more. He became powerful. Later when the master came, they gave him more blessings. The one who got two, he developed it. He got two more. When the master came, they gave him more. Then the one who had one, he said he won't come for film stars rehearsal. He said he's busy. He said he can't dance in the church. He said he can't sing in the choir. 
won't come for rehearsal. When you say join the roses, he say, oh no, the Friday time is not good for me. The, the stories at the end, he had nothing. Maybe God wants to provide for you with through your talent, through what you can do naturally. Yeah, maybe that's how God wants to provide for you. What comes to you naturally? Number next one, I want to finish. God provides for you. One of another way God provides is through marriage. I'm trying to give you five, at least five today. I said traveling, staying, and what? Job, talent number five, marriage. Through marriage. Sometimes you marry into a good family and you become blessed. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Marry into a good family. I mean, look, when I look at people with bad marriages, I really feel for them. People with bad in-laws or some way in-laws, I really feel for them. I know a guy, he slapped his mother-in-law. <laughs> I really feel for them. God can provide for you through your husband. I'm talking about marriage through your husband. Some of you to God can provide for you through your wife. I mean, he did it sound like this and pop, like a golf swing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Look, before a brother, you accept a brother's proposal, check with him if he's blessed or not. Not that if he has money, if he's blessed or not. In the Bible, there was a lady called Ruth. Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. She was from the land of Moab. Now Ruth, because they were enemies of God, the Moabites were enemies of God. But a certain lady went called Naomi went to live in their town with her husband. And they had two sons. One's name was Malon. The other one was Chilon. And Ruth married one of them. And they died. The man died. And the children also died. And she decided to stick with her mother-in-law. And her mother-in-law introduced her to another guy called Boaz. And she married Boaz. And they had a child. The name of the child was Jesse. And Jesse had a child. The name of Jesse's child was who? David. And David had Solomon. And it kept coming down, coming down until Jesus. Until Jesus. That is how, look, Ruth would have never gotten into the Bible. Let alone to have a book. Many of you, if I say open to Ruth right now, you will struggle to find where Ruth is. The reason is that because we all don't know how Ruth got into the Bible. But when you know how Ruth got into the Bible, it's not difficult to find Ruth anymore. No, because Ruth is just before someone. Ruth was introduced into the Bible so that David can come in the Bible. So you can't find David, then you are still looking for Ruth. You find Ruth. After Ruth, someone comes, Saul comes, then there comes David. Simple. 
That's why she came. She came into a line of blessing. So when you are doing Jesus' lineage, Ruth is inside. How did a foreigner get into such blessed line? Marriage. Just marriage. Some of you, the best thing in your life is your marriage. Unfortunately, you are spoiling it. Unfortunately, you are spoiling it. Am I safe? I'm safe. Okay. Look, unfortunately, you are spoiling that same thing. That is going to is a blessing in your life. How many of you have watched this? Which one? That is it? Diary of a Mad Black Woman or a Mad Black Woman? Diary of a Black Mad Woman. Diary of hey. a black woman who's mad. Hey. A mad black woman. Hey. How many of you have watched that movie? Is that the movie that she says, All my life I've had to work? I've had to fight. No, that's color purple. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's two, two different things. Color purple. All my life I've had to fight. That's color purple. But diary of a mad black woman. Every man in this church must watch that movie. Whether you are married or unmarried. Because that's how life goes. Initially, you, the man, you are so powerful that you can't even imagine. Even as I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that you are blessed because you are your wife. You can't even imagine it. Till things turn around. Till, till, till life turns around. Till life turns around. Which is life. Life is like that. Life is like that. If you see any man who's about 60 years, 55 to 60, is looking for a wife, he's not looking for a wife, he's looking for a nurse. I say it again. <laughs> if you see any man, so sisters, if a man is about 50 something, he proposes to you. What he's actually saying is that, can you be my nurse? Now, in this church, we are not going to be sickly. No, I'm not saying when we are, when we are 60, we'll still be strong. We'll be running. We'll be playing, doing everything by the grace of God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. The way life is, after a certain point, you need somebody to take care of you. Somebody to pack your medication, yeah, take your vitamins, this, that. Meanwhile, when you were 38, you can pull off her wig and slap her face with it. I said, diary of who? Go and watch it. Go and watch it. What and humble yourself now, sisters? Don't also say, eh, I'm waiting for diary of a mad black woman. I'm going to show you something. We will not become sick. I'm telling you, we will not be sick. I'm telling you, we'll be strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just in case you are thinking, I'm telling you, we will be very strong and still be moving on by the grace of God. So, don't go home and say, Okay, no problem, no problem. No problem. 
There's something I want to say, but I can't say it to the back. No. After church, when we finish the preaching, I'll say it. No, we will be strong. Melanie, we are going to be strong. You see. How do you know that we will be strong? Look at our fathers. You see, they are still strong. We will be strong. Yeah. So don't just treat each other nicely. That's what God gave you. That's what you chose. You saw all the you saw the yellow bones, the dark ones, the caramel. You chose this one. Be nice to her. Be good to her. Give her your best. You too. All the brothers were passing. Some with flowers, some with chocolate, some with amakunya. You still chose this one. Be nice to him. Ah. Don't be treating him in the house like you are a witch. Be nice to him. That's the one you chose. Be nice to him. Look, every man, all a man needs. Look, all a man needs is respect. I don't know whether it's allowed to say it here or... That's why you have a lot of this. So you see that a man is working out there. You see, oh, he's in a relationship with a secretary. Or there's a house help there. Just be, the, the only, it's not like the house help is more beautiful than you are. The only thing he gets from there is respect. Without complaints, respect. I want tea. Then they bring that. So I don't like it. Bring another one. If it's you, Miss Wife. Hey, didn't you know that he didn't want five roses? Why didn't you say it in the beginning? So naturally, he's just drawn to the person who respects him. Before you start loving me, respect me. That's what I'm asking for. What does a woman want? Love. Not even respect. Just love. Before you start respecting me, just love me. That's all. If you love me also, you will respect me. Of course, if you respect me, you will love me also. That's why the Bible says, husbands, love your wife. That's all. The only instruction about marriage, husbands, love your wife. Wife, submit yourself to your... And that is the only scripture in the Bible married people don't want to obey. They will obey everything. You make a sacrifice, you do this, but if you say that submit, no. Even when I was in UKZN, and I was passing my exam better than him. Why should I submit? I have a doctorate, I have a PhD. He has a 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 learner's certificate. Folks, unfortunately. <laughs> my time is up. My time is up. My time is up. Next week, come and hear the continuation of this lesson. God loves you so do I. Stand to your feet like share word of prayer. It's not me. It's not like the word is finished. The time is up. It's the time. It's gone off. It's finished. is one of the ways God is providing for you. Treat, treat each other well. Ask yourself if it's love you want to show the person. You see that's where it becomes complex. When it comes to love we don't know what to do. Because 
You buy roses today, they are happy. Tomorrow you buy roses. They say, didn't I tell you that roses is not my favorite flower? You should have bought daisies. Why didn't you buy chocolate? You bought top deck. Why didn't you buy bar one? Find out what she wants. Just find out. What do you want? What do you want? What can I get for you? What? And you too, when we ask you what do you want, say exactly what you want. Don't say that um, anything, because anything is nothing. say you want something and we get it don't tell us that you have changed your mind if you have changed your mind it's not our fault you ordered that when you go to a restaurant and you order your meal and they bring the meal and you have changed your mind you don't beat the waiter but when you ask me for something and I bring it and you have changed your mind then you want to beat me Ah, that's why it becomes difficult but you at another forum we will address this matter. <laughs> Lift your hands, pray for yourself and say, Lord, open my eyes to how you are providing for me. Are you providing for me by blessing what I'm doing in the land? Are you providing for me through traveling? Are you providing for me through my job? Are you providing for me through my talent? Are you providing for me through my marriage? Whichever way you are providing for me, Lord, open my eyes and let me see. Open my eyes and let me see. Open my eyes and let me see. Pray that God opens you. Maybe God is providing for you through your talent, but you have neglected it. You have just set it aside because it doesn't look like the next person's talent. If it was just like my neighbor's talent, I would take it seriously. You have to be good at what you are good at. Improve yourself in what you are good at. What you are good at. Pray, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Some of you are acting in film stars. Maybe that's where God is leading you to. Ask God to open your eyes so that you can see.
Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are our great provider. Open every eye that is here that we will see how you are providing for us. Help us to identify how you are providing for us. And bless what we are doing and let it flourish. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. As you put your hands together, God is providing for you. May you see what God has provided you are here this morning you want to say pastor please pray with me i want to give my life to jesus i don't want to go to hell when i die you are here like that every eye closed every head bowed. pastor please pray with me i want to go to heaven when i die if you are here like that just lift your right hand with me i'll pray with you and say pastor i want to go to heaven when i die lift your right hand don't be shy lift your right hand lift it high above your head i want to pray with you pastor please pray with me i want to go to heaven when i die Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift your hand. I'll pray with you. If your hand is up, come to me. I'll pray with you. Come to me in the front. I'll just pray with you quickly. You lift it up. Your hand. Just come. I'll pray with you. Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. Come, I'll pray with you. prayer with me. Pray with me this prayer. Look at me, please. And pray this prayer with me. It's your prayer. I'm just helping you to pray. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. You are born again. If you die, you will go to heaven. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083 773 1605. God richly bless you.